Okay, good morning. Uh, it's been a while, um, kind of through the COVID crisis, but we're kind of back here. So I think the last episode we left off was back in 1966, I think. Sonia had come down with tuberculosis, and he had come back from the sanatorium. And I think uh, you just were kind of bringing her home from that uh, that ordeal. So um, yeah, she. Uh, we were of course very concerned because it was uh, a very traumatic experience, uh, a young family, and then to have a child uh, have to go away from home. That is not. That's not easy, you know. It was hard on all of us all around, and uh, I think it was about six months she was in the sanatorium. Yeah, something yeah. like okay. that. And uh, she was uh, five when she went in, and she was six when she came out. Uh, because uh, October is in that particular part of that she actually turned six in the sanatorium. But uh, the, it was one of the nice days in my life that the, see, the memorable days when I went to pick her up because I couldn't wait to have her home again and knowing she's healed, although she had to take these big horse pills. Uh, I don't know uh, about a dozen of them every day mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the knowledge, the medical knowledge about TB at the time was not what it is today. And, uh, but uh, it wasn't such that it could have been a matter of years and here it was less than, or more or less a half a year. So it was, it was not, we had advanced enough and those pills with the proper care, uh, she could be home and she could go to school but she had to take those pills and uh, I was amazed that she could actually take it because they looked like bloody horse pills. But anyway, she did uh, take them and uh, uh, and uh, we uh, of course had just uh, uh, the second child, uh, Tamara. She, uh, they took all our attention that she needed because, well, uh, here's a brand new child and you got to, uh, we had experiences already from the very first day, like from the day they're born, but uh, they're all different. So what I understand is Tamara, the second one, was a lot more high maintenance. Was that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, in that respect, um, <laughs> we were uh, introduced to high maintenance right away. So the, it is like uh, you don't get your feet wet. No, you dive in. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, uh, no, uh, Tam was, uh, as long as I made sure that there were enough potatoes in the house, <laughs> she was all right. Because I remember her sitting in the high chair at the table there on Byron Street and she sit there with the fork in her hand just like Julius Caesar would sit there at a Roman dinner and uh, I want more potatoes, I want more potatoes. The, you couldn't fill that kid. 
But uh, no, she was very easy going, very easy going. It, uh, I couldn't believe it, it was possible, and yet uh, it was such, such a pleasure to gradually start to discover, I wonder, wonder what she's like, I wonder who she is like. Uh, with Sonia, when she was born, mm -hmm. I could swear that there's my sister, I didn't need directions. Oh, yours is there, you see, behind the window. There is all these cribs where all the newborns are. Yeah. And I picked her up before the nurse even told me. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> it was funny. She, <laughs> I think she had two or three hairs on her head. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were as blonde as blonde comes. And the rest, it was just uh, like a billiard ball. It, mm -hmm. uh, and I love billiards. So, uh, but easy going, always, oh, he was such an easy baby in comparison, although Sonia was easy in the beginning too. Yeah. And, uh, now you mentioned Sonia reminded you of your, which sister? My oldest sister, Ria. Yeah. And, uh, like for her, her, her looks, looks, her, her eyes, yeah. her hair, and she had very dark hair. What about, uh, like personality or... Uh, is there anyone in your family she seemed to take after? Oh, uh, Sonia? Yeah. No, no, no. She, uh, she had. Well, I, I thought, but of course, my views are biased because yeah. I know my sister. But yeah. I thought that I could see a character of Ria in yeah. Sonia. That uh, kind of motherly nurturing no or? she was uh uh Ria was she was a nice girl but she uh, as long as i have known her more or less uh the years that i remember yeah. best is that she worked in the store yeah. um, she was the oldest child yeah. the oldest girl yeah. and uh it was a good thing yeah. that uh mom for instance didn't have to go to the store all yeah. the time when she was uh, when she came out of school yeah. uh, she could go and do as soon in fact when she was still going to school to the last grade when as soon as she came out of school she uh, you you go to the store so yeah. she liked it so much she, she kind of stayed in there and uh, yeah. you get the display case it's got to be changed all the time if it's the same old same old people don't look at yeah. it anymore but if there is something new standing, hanging or lying there, people see that and you see one person, somebody else comes to have a look at it and uh, I wonder what is going on there at the bakery. So people come and they automatically start buying it all. Yeah. It's doing your own advertising kind of thing. Yeah. And she loved, she really enjoyed being able to, to, uh, to be part of the workforce, yeah. the family workforce. Yeah. And, the same as my oldest brother, who never uh, really, well, he became more of a baker than I did, but uh, he wanted from early on go to the bakery and, and help. He would sweep the floor yeah. and uh, pick up, sweep up the ashes in front of the oven. That was yeah. the old wood oven yet in the old bakery. So hardworking, kind of practical, dedicated. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, uh... Was that kind of what Sonia was like as a kid? No, uh, no, 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 she... Uh, Sonia was, uh... Uh... She wanted Sam to know that she was the oldest. Okay, yeah. And, uh... Sam, by nature, well... Who cares? As long it as was, there's potatoes, it doesn't that, matter. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I just had to make sure there was enough food in the house, and she was content. But uh, as she grew older, I still tried to figure out, is she on mom's side, like Oma's side, yeah. or is she on the Willem's side? Mm -hmm. And uh, as time went on, uh, I couldn't help but feel that uh, it's more of a Wilms than a Verhaeg. Mm -hmm. So I started to get that determination. But then uh, there were quite a few Wilmses, so which one? Yeah. Uh, and they're having a fairly extensive family because seven kids was not all that many in yeah. those days. And so who would she be like? And I have been told almost all my life that I remember that I was just like my uncle. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes, yeah. And uh, so, what would she, uh, would she be like? Oh my God, as well, because Oh my God, is that uh, uh, his genetic part of yeah. the Van Wees family, my mother's side. Mm -hmm. Uh, would be expressed in me if I was mm -hmm. so much like Oh My God. That was just my reasoning at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she was she was a Van Wees, but she sure was not an Oh My God. Because mm -hmm. no, on the contrary, she would no, she wouldn't do things like uh, uh, pull a shotgun and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, she, no, no, she never would have. Although. Uh, I remember one. <laughs> I remember one time we lived there on Byron Street, and across the road, on the corner between Byron Street and the railroad track coming across it, mm -hmm. and there was a pond, a bit of a well, uh, a watery kind of area, and there was always water standing there. Mm -hmm. And well, in the winter it freezes over, and the kids go up there and they take the shovel and what have you, and they clean the snow off. And it's nice, they bring the shovel back as they should. Mm -hmm. And then Tam comes home. Daddy, there's boys on the ice skating and they won't let us skate. And see some kids there, they oh this is a nice patch of ice. Yeah. And they start playing hockey, they put a couple of bricks or whatever there, that's the goalpost. Yeah. And they start playing hockey. And our kids who clean the ice mm -hmm. They weren't given the chance to, to go skating. That was never meant to be a hockey rink. Mm -hmm. So uh, she comes home. Uh, can you tell them that we want to skate? We cleaned the ice. And uh, so I said, okay, I'll come. I, I didn't know what was up. But I, <laughs> I have to laugh. I can't have, I still see it happen. I go there and these kids, what? 14, 15, 
and they're skating around with the hook, with the with the puck and the hockey stick going around trying to get the puck through between those bricks yeah. or whatever they had laying there, stump. And uh, I said, it gets the. Uh, no, I, I got there and Tam walked ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And she stood there at the edge of the, of the ice rink, put her fist in her side. So what's she gonna be? Uh, like, uh, I want you off of here, so uh, uh, very courageous. And if I had turned around, I would, that would have been the worst thing that could have ever happened. Mm-hmm. Because, where daddy? Where daddy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I was there and I told, uh, I told the kids and she stood there. And Hands dad, on her hip, in charge. It, oh yeah, she was in charge, but I had to do the talking. Yeah. So I said, well, if you don't mind, then play hockey at some other time, but... My kids like to play. They cleaned that patch off. It was full of snow and mm-hmm. other stuff that grew through it because the ice was only what, uh, yeah. uh, five or six inches thick, like the water and the ice, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Anyhow, uh, that was settled in an amicable way, yeah. and they started to skate a bit. And eventually, uh, there was not enough room, and more kids from the neighborhood come to skate, and the hockey players were gone. Mm-hmm. And they did come back later on when our kids didn't skate anymore. But I remember that one time that uh, she was very determined, very courageous, and I got nothing to worry about. That will take care of it. Exactly yeah. how I felt when I was. All I need is my dad there, and that's why in the war I didn't, couldn't care less. Yeah. Uh, my dad is home, so who cares? I've seen the hands on the hip. What's it going to be, boys? Look before, so I'm, I'm well well aware that looks like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Should by now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think we're we're in '66. So uh, Sonny's home, and you've got um, Tamara growing up. Anything else kind of going on at the time? I think you're still working at Dunlop. Yeah. I. Uh, oh yeah. I was working in Dunlop and. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but I built a garage. I uh, I like to, I had to do something, yeah. and uh, you know, part-time work is uh, is limited. I mm-hmm. uh, didn't know that many people right. uh, yet, so uh, I was uh, I was anxious to to uh, to start working, doing anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had to put my tools somewhere. I had to have a workbench that I could fix things on. So uh, I asked the landlord because at that at that time I didn't buy the place yet. Yeah. We were just renting, and uh, and I asked the landlord, "Is it okay if I was to build a garage there?" I said, "There is a, it's like a a, a hole there where the, the the septic uh, pipe comes through in the ground, yeah. connecting the four houses that were built between that little alley and the railroad tracks. I don't know, he says, you go ahead, but uh, when you move, he said, uh, it stays. I said, well, of course, I'm not going to tear it down. And uh, so uh, on that condition, I bought the lumber and I put up the garage. And I put in a workbench and the whole bit, 
and they got a garage door somewhere somebody bought a garage door that you, that holds up mm-hmm. like the one you have now yeah and uh and they had the one that you that flips up that is solid right and they wanted to get away from that because it uh uh it kind of limited where they came in the garage was made yeah. up or whatever so you have more space for a bigger vehicle if you have a roll a roll door mm-hmm. and uh so how much you want oh if you take it out you can have it for free so i took the whole door out and mm-hmm. i made sure that uh that i knew exactly what was going where cuz i had to remember that by because I had to put it back in again, and I had to know the measurements for the opening because the size of the door does determines the size of the opening. Anyway, uh, I took the I took the thing out and I got the door in the garage, and uh, it didn't cost me a cent. And uh, I started to let me oh I had a vehicle that needed some bodywork. Now, as luck would have it, on on uh, on Highway 12, uh, that is uh, Brock Street North in Whitby, there was a Polish guy and he had a body shop. And, uh, but of course, you, you got to pay for uh, a body shop and yeah. it was, although he was cheap enough, like inexpensive enough, but uh, um, I didn't want to spend the money on getting uh, fixed up. It's only for the looks, right. as long as the thing runs. That's yeah. that's the big thing. And uh, so, lots of time when I was wandering around, and I would, uh, "How are you doing, Bob?" And uh, okay, and here's he. He was Polish, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, he was a very kind guy. Uh, go out of the way, go out of the way. So I would stand. I said, you don't mind if I watch? Oh, he said, if you want to watch, you can work while you watch. I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, here is, here is some sandpaper. Mm-hmm. There's a pail of water. He said, this fender, I just finished putting the body fill in. I had to put a piece of metal in and I put the body fill in. He says, and now it has to be sanded. And he says, you do that with that sandpaper. Mm -hmm. And it was very fine, dark, dark gray, almost black sandpaper. I said, what's with the pail of water? He said, well, you dip the the sandpaper. He said, look, and I'll So he showed me how to fold that sandpaper, special way of doing it. And uh, he says, you dip it in the water, and then you sand. I said, but then the grain comes off the paper. No, no, he said, this is made for this. That's for bodywork. So, believe me, I said, no, no, okay. And I put, talk about it's your sandpaper. I got to do something. So I dip it in there, and I start sanding. And boy, did it ever come out nice. I got a sponge or a rag or something, and I washed all the grime, like the, the dirt, the grit that comes loose, yeah. and I washed that off, and it started to get nicer all the time. And then you can feel if there was still a dip, and then yeah. you go. So I actually learned part of bodywork, mm-hmm. and I immensely enjoyed that. It's 
I learned something I never knew, mm -hmm. because I certainly never saw anybody work back home. So, uh, and Bob was telling me when he came to Canada, stuff like that, and uh, he enjoyed the fact that I was uh, an immigrant too. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we got along fine. And, uh, and then his wife, Bob, you want coffee? And they start talking Polish. And I couldn't understand that. But then she asked me, uh, do you like coffee? I said, yes, thank you. So then she brought me a cup of coffee. And he said, sit down, sit down. And he had a little bench sitting there. And he was forever smoking. And he was smoking away, and he still kept that cigarette in his mouth, and it was going up and down as he talked yeah. all the time. It, uh, I think he was afraid if he put it down that I would smoke it. <laughs> and uh, so we have our coffee, and he says, uh, you like? I said, yeah, it's nice. It's nice and smooth. He says, you come back whenever you want, he says, and I'll show you. So he showed me other things, and anyway, I learned the ins and outs of spray painting and bodywork and uh, metal work and whatnot. And uh, he said, tomorrow I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spray this car. He says, you come and see. Well, I wanted to. He already showed me his compressor yeah. and how it works and his spray gun and about uh, thinning and how fast the paint had to run, like the viscosity of the paint before it goes on, all the all the little technical details, and I was interested in it all. So anyhow, he uh, the next day, I come from work, I was fortunate, I was on day shift, and uh, I started, uh, I, I come in there, and uh, uh, yeah, he says, I got to get the paint mixed first. So, well, he got the paint and he had to mix it, homogenize it like. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to mix two kinds, or you could do that, but not in this case, because he had to match the rest, mm -hmm. uh, the rest of the car, and then you buy it as it comes, and uh, uh, but you got to mix it with the paint thinner so that it is uh, the right viscosity, otherwise it wouldn't come out the nozzle. And he starts to spray, and uh, spray paint, uh, that, that thinner, that's very flammable, mm -hmm. and when you spray, you get all these clouds of smoke going around. Mm -hmm. And here is old Bob with that cigarette still hanging in his mouth. Still, well, another one because it was still lit. And he was praying away and I made sure I was close to that door because <laughs> I thought if this thing blows up, because I told him, I said, Bob, you got a cigarette? Ah! And he just kept spraying away. And it looked nice. It came, he, uh, he was, when he was finished praying, it was just perfect, nice and shiny. And I, I liked that, that uh, the way it was before and then the after. And especially mm -hmm. when it is first painted, it, the shine is so much more. So that is how I learned bodywork and whatnot. And I did my own bodywork on my own vehicle. And uh, did you, I come on the parking lot in Dunlop and... Uh, there's always people coming in when you go to work. Yeah. Uh, hey Albert, uh, where do you get uh, your body work done? Oh, I did it at home because I was helping. So I tell him, uh, yeah. oh, 
can you do it at home? I said, yeah, I got myself a compressor and the whole bit and the spray gun. And uh, I started to do body work and I like it because the guy taught me how to do it. Mm -hmm. Of course, I got to learn. So anyhow, uh, that is how I started out with body work and spray painting. And yeah. then soon enough, have you seen Albert's car? He needs spray painted that himself. No, so they look at it. Uh, I got, how much for painting my car? And I look at it and I figure, well, how much is the paint and how much is this and what needs to be done? And you want to keep the same color, you know, because sometimes now you have a chance to go from black to pink to red to whatever. And uh, that didn't matter because if I had a couple of kinds of paint that were close enough, say they were red, I can have two reds or a bit of yellow mm -hmm. and rather put it together, mix it up. It doesn't have to match anything because it's all brand new. Yeah. And uh, so I gave him a good price on that and I got busy as hell with uh, painting. I didn't need uh, like overtime work anymore. Mm -hmm. I still worked overtime, but I didn't really need it. And I did quite a few cars there. Any any car or paint job stand out in your mind? as? Um, not the one that I did, but there was a Frenchman, a French-Canadian, and he had... Uh, uh, a body shop in Oshawa on Highway 2 and I didn't know him but he used to be a truck driver and Herman Versuren knew him because he drove truck for Herman sometimes right. and uh, he says uh, I'm going to Armand uh, that was his name uh, forget his last name now but anyway uh, I'm going, he has body shop, he said, maybe you want to see it. And, well, he's the jack of all trades kind of guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he rented this garage. It was on the corner of Torrington and Highway 2. And uh, he had a Cadillac in there and said, hey, Armin, how are you doing? And you still do driving. Herman needed the driver, I guess, for a day or two. Somebody had to go. And uh, so, uh, uh, Buffard, that was his last name, Armand Buffard. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember his wife coming in one time and she didn't have a tooth in, his, in her mouth. Mm -hmm. But then neither did uh, Armand, so uh, nobody could say anything about nobody. And he was doing this white Cadillac, was sitting there. And he had it all cleaned up and fancy. Then I said, so uh, you're going to change the color on that? No, he says, uh, he wants just, uh, he said, I had to do some body work and he wanted to have it repainted. Mm -hmm. And uh, so tomorrow I'm going to paint it. I said, would you mind if I came and have a look at it after you're done painting? I said, because... I really like that. I says I, I like bodywork and spray painting, and I maybe I can see how how you do it. He says you can come and have a look at it, and I said yeah, okay, if you don't mind. He says yeah, well if you you come by, he says tomorrow is Saturday, but it doesn't matter. He says I'll I'll be spraying. I said and I'll be here, 
So I went there and he's praying away a bit more sophisticated than Bob's yeah. because he had a fan for exhaust fumes and he didn't smoke while he was praying. Yeah. So uh, I'm standing there watching and it was at the time where, well, the, the weather was getting a little bit uh, cooler mm -hmm. and there was not enough heat in the air to dry it so you put the furnace on. But you don't put the furnace on until you, you're done because the furnace was hanging on the ceiling and it was an oil furnace and there is a flame and there is an Armand was a bit more concerned about safety, safety <laughs> than Bob. So he never turned it on and he sprayed it and it was a beautiful job. He had all the windows papered up. That's where I learned how to paper it all up. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the, the was finished. He said, now I'm going to have to let it sit for a couple hours until it is dry enough that I can take the paper off. Mm -hmm. He said, I'll make sure that it, he said, you can come back in a couple hours. He says, and maybe you can help me take the take the paper off. I said, yeah, I wouldn't mind. You know, you learn something, yeah. no matter what. Because for Bob, I never took yeah. paper off. So a couple hours later, I went to eat at home and I went back. And here is Armand. And he was livid. I, he was so angry that I cannot think of devil's eyes looking redder and worse mm -hmm. and more flaming than his. And I couldn't, and, and he was standing outside. A couple hours he was fine. Yeah. What the hell happened? So I said, what's the matter, Armand? And he let go, and well, being French, he had the luxury of command of more than one languages. So he, uh, he could go either way without having to repeat himself. Mm -hmm. And he made ample use of that. Half of it I didn't understand because that kind of French we never learned in school. Yeah. So uh, he finally came to and he explained, he says, I've been working here and then when you go sanding, he says, and the dust flies around and the dust gets into the big duct that comes out of the furnace, mm -hmm. hanging on the ceiling, blowing down because the air has to go down to heat up the garage, he heat up the shop. Never thought of the dust that was in there. And sure enough, he turns the furnace on and all of a sudden this cloud of dust comes out, you know, this sanding dust yeah. comes out of that furnace and it goes over this freshly painted white Cadillac. <laughs> and well, I could understand that he was very angry to say the least. Mm -hmm. What could I do? I in the in the way I I had to laugh, but yeah. I knew if I want to get killed, that's what I do, laugh. Because that guy was uh he he was an, an, an no not fit for reasoning. Yeah. So I said maybe I can help Armand get out of my way and he uh, he, he spoke some French again and he says, Come back tomorrow. I said, Tomorrow is Sunday. He said, Come back anytime. Just go home. And so I went home. He, oh, he was mad. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that was my experience with Armand. He mm -hmm. was otherwise a very nice guy. Yeah. And uh, 
but it was all body work and uh, I learned something, make sure that there is no dust and you got mm -hmm. some like fresh air circulation, clean air uh, when you spray paint. Which I did. I on a on a nice windstill day. I uh, when I had the trucks, I repainted them, and uh, I did it outside, of course, because yeah. I never had a garage big yeah. enough to put a truck in. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, then, in my earlier days of spray painting, when I worked in Dunlop, there was a guy who was going out with a girl in. The house in the last house near the railroad tracks, and her name was Bonnie Wallace. And the guy that came, he used to work in Dupont in Whitby. Uh, Dupont had a, a paint factory there, mm -hmm. and his name was Dave Gallagher. He was uh, an uh, Indian, like indigenous, yeah. and. Uh, I got along great with Dave and we got to talking together and, oh, you like fishing, Al? Uh, yeah, well, why don't we go fishing on Saturday, next Saturday? Mm -hmm. So one thing leads to another and we got to be good friends with each other. And uh, so uh, he said, oh, you do body work. I, one time he came home from work and I was in my garage and uh, working away on on a car from some guy in Dunlop and uh, he says, what do you pay for that paint? I said, I get it over at Wholesale Auto Parts here, the, you know, that was a, a, where they sell uh, body parts yeah. uh, like uh, fenders and what have you and they sell paint and you could uh, order it and they, was, they sold DuPont paint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says, I wear DuPont, you know that. He says sometimes they have paint and it is just a little bit off color. He says not much but enough that they can't sell it. So they throw it out and if, uh, if the employees wanted to paint whatever they have at home, mm -hmm. they can buy that for a couple of dollars for a gallon. Yeah. And it was all gallon, gallon pots of paint. Pots, yeah. So. Uh, I said, uh, how much? Because I paid a lot more at the wholesale place, mm -hmm. which is already, uh, and that was the only place where I could get it anyway. Yeah. And uh, it's not house paint, it is car paint. Yeah. So he says, uh, uh, I can bring it home from DuPont. He says, I'll bring you a couple of gallons tomorrow. I said, yeah, but how much and what color? He said, well, I'll see what colors they have today. He said, but uh, don't cost anything. He says, I can, I can just take them because a lot of it, if the color is not what people are looking for, then they sit there and sit there and they throw them out. Yeah. And oh, says, oh, well, that's the kind of paint I like. Yeah. So he, I eventually, I ended up with 20, 25 gallon pots of paint, mm -hmm. fresh, brand new, straight from the factory. Wow. And uh, so if I had to repaint the whole car, and it had to be blue if it was, uh, I even if it had to be straight blue, dark blue, medium, metallic, that, that came out. That was a little bit of a, a tricky thing in the beginning mm -hmm. to get used to spraying metallic paint. And, uh, but 
It ended up that I never had to buy paint unless I needed a quart if somebody had, uh, say, a dent in the fender yeah. or it was run, uh, rusted around the edge, the, the, the wheel well, mm -hmm. uh, and then you fix that up and then you got to spray paint that, that fender. And then you got to match the color. Uh, well, yeah, then you can't, well, then I, but I go and buy a quart and that was more than enough to do a fender. Yeah. I try to sometimes talk him into, uh, while I'm at it, uh, it wouldn't be much more because I was getting the paint for nothing. Yeah. Uh, I can repaint the whole car because I then pure matter, matter as well, yeah. so it was close enough. Yeah. And, uh, could you do it? You could, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I did. That's good. Uh, I'll talk to my wife and I'll see what she says. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that's where the decisions are made. Yeah. Uh, I hope you know that by now. Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, I made I made good money doing bodywork and spray painting, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it. And I did carpentry work if something had to be fixed. It mm -hmm. didn't matter. That that workshop was all around for uh, anything and everything. And I ended up getting a big pegboard on the wall and I hang my tools up because yep. I, I don't like it in a toolbox if I can help it, mm -hmm. except uh, the big electrical tools, but, or, or like uh, uh, sandals and stuff. But uh, screwdrivers and pliers and what have you, they had to hang on the wall so you can just grab it. And, uh, that's what I was busy with then. Any, uh, any particular odd job that kind of stood out? Uh, like, did you go, like, when you say carpentry work, like, you building furniture or you no. going to places and. It, and that would, would be, for instance, uh, uh, hang a door. Okay. Uh, if a door was. Uh, well, I got this door. From the guy who works over in in uh, in inspection, yeah, and uh, it is a little bit too big, but I don't have the tools to cut it. Yeah, and uh, can you hang it for me? Yeah. So I would. I said, well, the best thing is I bring my sawhorses. Yeah, and I bring the tools, and then, yeah. uh, or if I could match it up with the old door, so I would get it all ready, go up there, and then. At that time, I didn't have an electric screwdriver. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think they were invented yet, mm -hmm. and it was all hand power. Yeah. So I screw on the, the the hinges, took the hinges off the old door, put them on the yep. new, and chiseled them out instead of the router. I didn't have a router then. Mm -hmm. uh, it all comes as you need it, yeah. and uh, I did that kind of work or. Um, if there was some damage and they needed uh, repairs, uh, well, uh, a wall gets cut, they have to get inside the wall gotcha. for plumbing or something. Uh, a set of taps have to be fixed or replaced, mm -hmm. like on a bathtub. Mm -hmm. Then you got to take the drywall off if you're lucky on the other side where you have access. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you got to open up the tile side, yeah. and that's an awful expensive. Proposition because yeah. then you got to match the tile after you get mm -hmm. the hole closed again, okay. and uh, so I was uh, I was doing that kind of work.
And if there was plumbing, like <laughs> I remember one one particular guy was not too far away from where I come from, mm. back home, and we spoke more or less the same dialect too. And he said, I need my tap fixed. He said, could you come on Saturday? Because he go trip, 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 he said. And we are on the well. He says, now we don't want to run the well dry because the kitchen uh, sink tap is, is leaking. Mm -hmm. He says, it's an older house and it's one of the cast iron sinks and there's uh, old taps. Yeah. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll come down on Saturday. And I had a, a baby food jar with all kinds of washers to, you know, you put the washers in the old uh, taps in the, Oh, that was from before your time, I guess. Oh, no, I know what washers are. Yeah, you put a little washer in. Yeah, we said them in history class. <laughs> There's nothing but thorough history. <laughs> anyway, I went up there and uh, took my tools out and I took the tap off. I said, Bim, I'm sorry, but I don't have a washer like that. That tap is older than, I've never seen one like that. Well, he said, maybe you can get one uptown. I said, no, well, I'll go uptown. I said, I don't, I didn't bring one. I said, I got all kinds of washers and O-rings, but I don't have that kind of washer. Well, he said, then go get one. He says, uh, uh, I'll pay for it. Well, uh, no need to say so, but okay. And... I go to the plumbing store and I says, uh, this washer is not too good. He says, I hope you don't, uh, you don't need a new one. I said, well, yeah, kind of, because I have to replace it. He says, they don't make them anymore. He says, they're as old as the hills. He said, I'm surprised you still found one. I said, well, the guy asked me to fix his tap and it's the washer. I kind of had a, an idea. Mm -hmm. that that is what had to be the case and he said well no but uh, he says I'll sell you a new tap but uh, I don't have the washer he says uh, and you won't find them around here he says be my guest you can you go to Canadian Tire he says and find out I go to Canadian Tire they didn't have no never seen one like that but uh, he's just an employee mm -hmm. he never saw a washer like that said, okay so I go back and I said well when uh, can't get the washers, they don't make them anymore. So what am I gonna do? I said, the guy told me that I'll sell you another, a new tap, but that one there is not gonna work because that washer, they don't make them anymore. Well, he says, if you're gonna put a new tap in, uh, what do you think, Marietje? Marietje was uh, the, his wife's name. Uh, uh, Albert says he can put a new tap in here, but wouldn't it be nicer if we put uh, two new taps in because you get one new one and then this old one, uh, you can't even get a washer for it. You won't be able to get a, a tap like that. Oh, no, no, she said, by all means, we put the two like they have nowadays. They all come together. I said, yeah, uh, yeah, go get one of them. So I got the tap and uh, I started to put it in and solder it in and it was all working nice. Gee, that's that's a lot easier than before. Mm -hmm. And 
and, and, and only one spout, because before they had two spouts coming right. down, hot and cold. Oh, okay. And this was one spout, but two handles on it. Mm -hmm. In those days, I don't think they went single handle yet. So he uh, he's looking at it. He says, no. He said, that doesn't look right. He said, that looks like going to a wedding with a tuxedo on. He says, when you put your clumping on, the, the, the wooden shoes. He said, that sink doesn't go with that top. I said, well, yeah, it does uh, look kind of funny, but it works. That's the big, yeah, but uh, while we are uh, spending money on it anyway, uh, and the kitchen, Marietje spends a lot of time in the kitchen. In fact, I, I have a cake that uh, she gave me the recipe of. Still have a beautiful cake. Anyway, I give you the recipe sometime. And uh, so, uh, what do you think, Marietje? We put a new sink in. Yeah, would you mind if we have a double one? Because I have always this trouble. I put, she had a big pot with the rinse water and then in the sink, she put the water with the soap in it. Mm -hmm. But you, you got to rinse them off and you can't rinse them at the same time. So she rinsed them in the pot and then put the paste or whatever on the rack. So if she had the double sink, mm -hmm. then she had rinse water, wash water and oh, they're, they're getting really modern. Um, well, I'll go with Marietje uptown this week and I'll get the new sink. Right. We'll go buy one. Because, well, I sooner have them pick it out than I do it. Then at least they can't say, well, that is not the one we wanted. So they come and they bring it home and they, I come in there to put it in. He phoned up and he says, well, whenever you're ready, you put in the new sink. Everything was working except that it didn't look right. And I go up there and I open the box, it was sitting there, and I take it out. And, well, I have to take the old sink out, of course. And I put the new sink on top and then I put it upside down. And it was quite a bit smaller than the old cast iron enameled sink. It was. It was one of those cast iron and Albert Sink's big sucker. And the new one, even though it was uh, hot and cold, like two compartments, yeah. it was too small. So I said, well, how am I going to fit that in your countertop? Because the hole in the counter, in the countertop is a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger. Uh, well, Marietje, uh, so she comes down again. Uh, that doesn't work. Why? Uh, well, look at the hole in the countertop. This sink is, is too small. Yeah, but you know, Paul, that's the biggest one that we could get. I wanted a double sink. But it doesn't fit. So what do you suggest? I said, well, uh, I can fill it up and I cut a new hole. But that doesn't look right because you can always see the edges. And I don't have any more of the tiles that you have on, and I doubt very much you're going to be able to. So, so what do you suggest we do? I said, well, if you want this sink and it's not in yet, then you're going to kind of have to put a new countertop in. Mm. Yeah, Paul, we have been talking about that because 
every time when I put a cup down a little bit too hard and it breaks because of these tiles. Mm -hmm. It was too too solid like concrete. Okay, then put a new countertop in. Can you do that? I said, yeah, I'll put it in. So uh, they finally decided to get a new countertop. If you measure it, then I'll order it and they can drop it up. I said, I can pick it up if you tell me where and I'll bring it over and I'll put it in. And I'll measure it so that you have the right size. And uh, I took the old sink out and I made sure that I had the new trap and all the doings for the drain. And uh, I changed from their uh, uh, galvanized pipe I put a, uh, an adapter on so they had copper pipe because uh, I didn't have the the dies yet to cut thread on pipe and cut them to length and mm. so anyway uh, I just switched over that the last part was in copper and I started to install that and I cut a hole in it uh, for the sink and put the sink in and put the putty in around the collar. Anyway, I got that in and it was finished. I said, so how do you like it? But Paul was still working. He, I don't know where he was working. But uh, I said, how do you like it, Marietje? And she says, oh boy, will Paul ever be happy? And does it work? I said, well, here. And I opened uh, the taps and everything was working. No leaks, and I had a new drain on it. I adjusted that to uh, 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 a plastic pipe, yeah. and uh, oh, Paul, be happy. He should be home in within the next hour. Uh, I'll make your coffee and then wait till Paul comes home. Uh, Wim and Paul was his brother, oh. and he. Uh, he lived in Brooklyn too. They lived in Brooklyn. And uh, so uh, Wim comes home and, oh, you got it in there, yeah. And, uh, I, I don't like it, he said. But Wim, we picked it out. He brought, he says, I know. He said, but look at those kitchen, those cabinet doors. That doesn't go with that counter, he said, that is totally out. That looks just as bad as one tap new and one tap old. He says, can you put new new doors on? I said, yeah, I can do that. Uh, well, it's a bit more work, but I had a workshop, so it didn't matter. And I had to put new doors on. And he says, while you're at it, they got to see, be the same as the one on the top. I said, but I I don't think you would want me to make doors like that you have on the top. He said, no. He said, I want new doors like they have on cupboards today on the bottom. He says, and I want new doors like that on the top. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Wim, why don't we, instead of making new doors, why don't we take the whole mess off the wall and put new cabinets on. We're spending the money now anyway, then we might as well go all the way. All right, uh, we'll go and pick them out.
they go, uh, oh, there was a, a shop just north of the tracks on, on, on Highway 12, and uh, they picked out the, 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 the cabinets, the doors and the whole bed. The bottom I had to match with the top because the counter was in, the sink was in, so uh, I just put new doors on. I matched the doors with the ones that they bought and uh, as close as possible. Anyway, they came home with uh, those cupboards. I had them measured and fit the perfect. The only problem was they had these ceiling tiles that locked together mm -hmm. and these cupboards were not quite as big as the ones that came out. Mm -hmm. So there was a gap of what, three inches between the ceiling tile and the new cupboard. Well, uh, well, uh, no, we, we, we got to close that up. Uh, what, what the, can you put a piece of trim in there? Wim, that doesn't look right. You can't put a piece of plank in there. Can you make it look like trim? I said, well, I could buy trim wide enough to cover that gap. I said, it's not going to look right, but uh, okay, if you want to. You got to do something because you can't leave it like that. And uh, I don't want to put new tiles in. I said, okay. Uh, so what do you want to do? Rip the old tiles out, he said, and I put drywall in. Okay, so I put new drywall in, took the old tiles out, and they went to the dump because they were in the pits anyway. They were kind of yellowish brown yeah. from the smoke and what have you. And, uh, you know, we had went all the way. Because of that little washer that wouldn't fit, <laughs> we got new counter, we got new cupboards, we got a new ceiling. Now the floor doesn't look right. What do you think, Wim? Put a new floor in, he says, I don't care anymore. So I put the whole new floor in, it was all done, on account of that little washer not being made anymore. Mm -hmm. We went from one thing to another and Arena renovated the whole kitchen. That is one of the things that I remember uh, the workshop coming in handy for. And uh, I bought a dog off a of whim. He had, um, in those days I liked hunting. I never uh, really thought it through, and, uh, and he, he bred uh, hunting dogs, and it was a white with black spots, but it was a good dog, yeah. but uh, oh, it was sly, and uh, I had him for uh, all of two weeks, I think, oh, yeah. uh, I brought him home. And I had him for such a short time, I don't even remember the name anymore. Uh, he did have a name, but, and it was a he, I know that. But I come home and I had a, uh, like a pen made outside with uh, chicken wire around so that he yeah. couldn't get out. And I had a dog cage and the whole bit. And, uh, I said, uh, did you 
Did you let the dog out? No. I said, well, he's not in there. Look in the case. I look in the case and there is no dog. And there is no dog in. And in the back, that chicken wire, I probably should have nailed it down. But he dug and dug under the wire and he got out. And I don't know where he went. And I phoned Wim and I said, Wim, I, uh, I lost my dog. What do you think? Where would he go? Because I looked all over the neighborhood and I can't find him. And how did he get out? I said, well, he dug under the wire. He says, let me, uh, he says, I'll call you back. I said, okay. Why later he called. He said, he just come home. I said, no, he's gone. No, he came back here. Mm -hmm. They have a tendency apparently to head for home because that, that's all he ever knew, yeah. is his place. And it was not that far, but uh, far enough that I was surprised he got there. Mm -hmm. I had the same kind of experience with the coon once. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, he went back there and uh, Wim says, I'll bring him over, he said, and maybe you put some pins there that you can bend over yeah. so that he can't pull the, the wire up. I said, it's a beautiful dog. I, I love the dog, but uh, I, you know, the, uh, I got to keep him in. He says, and uh, I, uh, he said, well, what about inside? I said, no. I said, I can't put him inside because I don't want him for an inside dog. I want him for hunting. Yeah. And uh, no, okay. Well, it wasn't long after that, and I don't know how. And he took off again. I said, uh, I phoned him. I said, has he come home yet? Yeah, he said, this morning. I said, well, keep him. I said, you come and get him? I said, no. I said, keep him. I said, I don't want him anymore. I didn't want a dog uh, running away all the time. But that was my experience with Wim and his kitchen and his dog. But yeah, he was back home. It was maybe 10 clicks away yeah. from my village. I think the dog's name was Houdini. <laughs> and if it wasn't, it should have been. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, I never put him in an underwater tank, though. <laughs> yeah. Old Houdini. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're getting close to the end of the episode, and we'll. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, we'll pick it up. We got a lot of catch up on, so. Yeah, but well, episodes go out a little quicker here. Well, sorry about that, but uh, that kitchen, I was kind of. Oh no. Rebuilding it. Yeah. As I was telling, because yeah. uh, it was funny, the fact that I bought this little washer, and I had to do the whole kitchen, and they were happy as a pig and. You know what, when when it was done, and then Marietje said, I, it's a good thing, Paul, because yeah. we never would have got, gotten to it anyway. Yeah. So they kind of had to. Yeah. And they, they took the pain one jab at a time instead of all, the, all at once. Well, so the, it didn't hurt so bad. The leaky tap sounds almost like a, a string on a sweater that you, <laughs> you, you pull on it and it all comes in around. So. But a uh, good story, and uh, we'll pick it up uh, next week. Yeah, and that's when John is going to get bored, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk to everyone later. Oh.